Welcome back to another episode of Ice Time with your hosts, John Horton and Matt Piscazzi. Thank you again for listening yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and for all the continued support. And be sure to check us out on our socials on Twitter or X at Icetime9899. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, be sure to send us an email at Icetime9899 at gmail.com. Each new episode will come out Monday and Friday, followed by sporadic episodes in between. And... uh, very happy to be back here. Hope everybody had a fantastic holiday weekend, Thanksgiving. Hopefully everything was great there. Uh, we did take that Friday off for the holiday reasons. And uh, Matt is back, thankfully. He missed the last episode too. Just also not feeling too well, but you know he's back in business, back ready to go. And I will shoot it over to him to get us started. Thank you. Good, sir. I'm excited. I uh, missed you. It's been a while. How was, that? How was Thanksgiving? Yeah. You have a nice, nice little holiday? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, family and then, you know, girlfriend and then hanging out and it goes by too fast though. That's for sure. Fair enough. Um yeah, what about you? Good, good. It was chill. It was a, it was a nice chill little day. Uh had the family over at my sister's and uh yeah, we had a good time. But I am curious, what is your favorite part of, like thanks of the Thanksgiving meal? What is your favorite like the first thing you want to eat on Thanksgiving? Ooh. Okay. Let's think. You know, I do like turkey, but overrated, I think, just cuz it's like the big aspect of that. Ah, oh, man. Favorite thing to go for? Um, mm, I'm going to have to go with probably mac and cheese if it's there. Ooh, okay. See, I so I ha- we don't have it at every one. Like, if we go, we go to my uncle's um, usually after, like, lunch, and they'll have it there. But, like, we never have that in ours. But interesting. I do love a good mac oh, and cheese. Okay. I can't really argue with that. But, um, oh, my grandma does, like, an Italian uh, stuffing that's literally just, like, meat and breadcrumbs and egg and cheese i mean it's delicious so i always go for Ooh. that but yeah I, I do have to agree with you on the turkey stuff I, it is a little overhyped like i know it's like the whole point of the holiday and everything like that but uh i don't know it's a little dry and you know i'm not a big gravy fan so i always uh i always just get a couple pieces really of not a fan of the gravy okay no, no i try it I always try it just to like have a piece i'm like it's it's thanksgiving i can't not eat the turkey and gravy but like not my favorite okay yeah. that's fair well but anyway just had to just curious but uh excited to be back missed you missed you back in the studio here get a get a good one in here but uh yeah on that note i gotta ask you about the rangers man uh i know that you are very familiar with where we are in the standings we are atop the league right now and uh what do you think these over these last few games what uh just lay it out give me give me your give me some bullets we'll uh we'll get into the rangers here a little bit yeah um it is exciting to have an excuse to talk about them in depth of course um (laughs) while covering the whole league you know, going in, I remember texting you going into this uh, stretch that was coming up. I was like, oh, this is going to be tough. You know, they really got to, um, you know, prove themselves. You know, of course, oh, the yeah. Penguins aren't, you know, on top of the league. But, um, you know, still, they got insane veterans on there. Um, flyers, I wasn't too concerned about. But you never know. Like, they can be pretty explosive offensively. Uh, the Stars game was rough, of course. But um, the Bruins game. I was very worried about because last season we played the Bruins, I think, three times and we didn't beat them any of them. And also I watched all three of those games and it wasn't really like um, in contention, I would say. So, but wow, seven to four victory. You know, they started Jonathan Quick over Igor, which was interesting. I know some people freak out at that and some people might think like, oh my gosh, like what's going on with Igor, this and that. And you got to remember two things. Uh, one, you know, he was still coming off injury. We don't know what it was, maybe groin, maybe something like that. He did play very, very well against the Flyers. Um, but also in terms of hockey and goaltending, 
you have streaks, you know, and uh, momentum. And when certain goaltenders get hot, you have to ride it out until they cool off. So, mm-hmm. you know, Jonathan Quick, I think, is like 6-0-1 with, an, with a great save percentage in GAA. So you have to ride out his, his like, his hot streak. Because if, if he's hot and you don't play him, you know, just to favor a starter, then that you're kind of wasting that potential and then that goaltender cools off. So I think the coaching staff, you know, and Peter Lovelet, that was a good decision. Um, obviously, Quick is not going to be a starter over mm, Igor Shesterkin. Yeah. That's that's not the case in any way whatsoever. Um, it's awesome to see the offense, you know, firing on all cylinders. Uh, the fourth line especially has been starting to pick things up, including, uh, most importantly, Jimmy VC. Um, with some multi-point games coming uh, coming along. The first line is starting to really click more, which is great. The second line, of course, is always doing their best. Um, and I know, uh, besides the Penguins game, Lafreniere has been held off the score sheet the last two games against Philly and Boston. Mm-hmm. But I test-wise watching him, he's been uh, phenomenal. He's been skating you know, his, his ass off. He's been getting awesome passes. He could have easily uh, had two points in the Flyers game. He had two amazing setups. They just didn't uh, – or Panarin didn't finish and Trocek didn't finish. Um, but he, he's been looking really well. And, um, you know, interviewed after the game, he says his confidence is higher, but he thinks he could be doing even better. So, you know, right now, 19 games into the season, 15-3-1 record, 31 points. You know, save a little screenshot here of them as number one in the league. They are tied at first in terms of points, but in terms of just the record, they are number one over the Bruins. So it is a breath of fresh air to see a competent coaching staff um, that can make adjustments, can play things strategically, and use this very well-constructed roster that we know uh, Chris Drury has put together very well. You know, of course, you Mm. still want to see more from... Probably the third line, um, and maybe now that uh, Filipito's starting to skate again, you know he could be coming back soon. Hopefully, Adam Fox is coming back soon as well. That'll help a lot. But mm. um, and especially Capo Caco, he is still not playing too. Um, except uh, I'm trying to think of the right word for it. He he hasn't been playing extraordinarily in terms of offense. You know, puck control and defense and. Uh, those metrics are good, but you know, a second overall pick, you want to see a little bit of uh, more of mm. than just a third line fair, career yeah. player. But uh, yeah, no, that's what I think so far. I mean, it's all good stuff, man. I gotta say, it's I like I want you know I can't, I can't even be like oh you like call you out or anything. For once, we're top of the league. We look good, and what's there to complain about? You know, you always like we almost always have something to complain about just as sports fans, but genuinely. We can't really complain right now. I mean, like you said, we're firing on all cylinders. We have a couple guys who, like you said, Kako, um, you know, you, we want to see a little bit more. But the fact that we're, p- we're playing like a complete team game, the defensive metrics are there. Uh, the offense has been there. We've been we've just been firing on all cylinders. We're seeing it from the bot, you know, the bottom six now is we were kind of only really seeing it from the top six. Now we're getting a lot of that scoring from the bottom six. So, yeah, man, it is what a nice time. Just what a nice time. And just because you had you had mentioned it in there. So, like you said, Phil is skating. He's uh, he's coming back here. It looks like he'll be back in a little bit. Hopefully, I mean, I know with like the concussions and everything, we don't really know kind of what that's gonna be. Because honestly, if this is really his fourth, I think fourth concussion, uh, that's scary. Like that can really be something you don't really come back from. But assuming that you know, in a little bit here, he is healthy and he is coming back, what would you do with Phil 
in our lineup right now. If he were to come back, say, you know, we have a game tomorrow night. Uh, if he was coming back, what would he, what, you know, second line center, third line center, who's he with? What's it look like to you? Um, I think it all depends, of course, how he looks in practice. Um, obviously, he's going to be rusty, of course. Um, I think just how well that second line... I mean, you know, the second line was good even when Phil was in there, mm. but there was some issues of scoring. You know, he doesn't have a goal in the season. Uh, he did have six assists at the time of his injury. And, you know, we we wanted to see a little bit more from that, from that uh, line. And then... You know, with the injury, you put Vincent Trocek in there, who has, I think he's top three or leading the league in faceoff percentage, and he scored some nice goals. He's had oh, yeah. some nice passes. Um, he's a very gritty, annoying player to play against, and, you know, he can, he can provide um, distractions against defenders while Lafreniere and, and Panarin do their thing. I think, you know, when he comes in, I think regardless, you should start him probably on that third-line center with Cooley and Kako just to ease back into it a little bit, you know, mm. and, and also Cooley, you know, being a very physical presence uh, can maybe help Phil, you know, not get bullied, which is nice. And, and um, I think regardless, it'd be good to ease him back in, in that regard, but also just how well that second line is played with uh, Trocek centering it. I think you really shouldn't break it up. Mm. And I think Laviolette would think the same, unless of course, you know, Hedo comes back in on the third line and just starts tearing it up, scoring left and right, going nuts, and then, okay, maybe we'll put him back up there. But mm. I don't know. That's what I think. I don't know what, what you think the best course would be. I have to say I agree. Honestly, I do. And what's nice, too, is that we have the flexibility with Nick Menino's just going to go down to the fourth line. Pitlick is probably going to be the one that's, uh, that gets the scratch there because I imagine it'll be VC Barclay. Uh, Jesus, I can't speak right now. VC, Goodrow, and then Benino will be the fourth line. Like That's kind of how we started the year. But yeah, and also, I mean, I had, I think we were texting about this when he first went down and then talking about like, you know, what's it going to be when he comes back. And honestly, the line of him, Cooley and Kako doesn't sound bad at all. Like you said, Cooley's physical. He skates really well. He, I mean, the kid does not stop working. So you put him there on the wing and then you have Kako who's great defensively and has the offensive talent. I think we just need to see him kind of break loose and maybe have a little bit more confidence in his game. So I think that'd be a really, really kind of solid third line there with, with some good young guys who have a lot of potential. And it could be kind of like a, a kid line esque, you know, a little kid line 2.0 kind of thing. So I think that that would make a lot more sense. Um, and I mean, I do like kind of that that idea. If he is like blowing it up there, like having an awesome, you know, just tearing it up. Okay, throw him back up there. But like you said, the way that Trochak has fit in on that line, and just the way that Laugh has elevated his game, Panarin is in a heart the heart conversation right now. So you know, like this line looks immense. So I, I just think that it would take some, you know lackluster stuff from Trocheck for us to have to try to make that decision and say like okay let's let's put Phil back up there so yeah I think I do have to agree with you on that one and just on that note that just Panarin man I know he lost his little streak uh it was a couple games ago he lost that he, he did break the record the 15 game um you know mm -hmm. games to uh, start the season with a point but he just looks so good and like him and laugh are they make so many like diagonal passes to each other across the ice and Trocheck's always kind of like the mediator in the middle and they just the chemistry, the skill. Uh, it's crazy that like they both, they make those like such similar plays. Like they make those passes where you're like, how did that get there? Like, so I really think it benefits last game playing with Panarin because he's seeing those passes firsthand. And so then maybe when he goes down the wing the next time, he's like, hey, I can do this too, you know? And he can, he's got the skill. And, and like you said, he's really confident right now. So yeah, I think that uh, just, you know, given the way that the second line is playing there, that 
it would make some sense to really have Phil there on the third line and and see what that you know that little bit of kid line can do. But uh, yeah, no, I, I do agree. Which I'll interject quickly. The thing I saw I was telling you about before we started recording. Um, since entering the league, um, you know, since they've entered, and, and these players on the list for the most part are, are very close in terms mm. of um, you know games played. Okay. Um, only two players in the league have more overall points than Artemi Panarin. That would be Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. Of course, Connor McDavid oh. sitting at eight hundred and seventy points. Wow. Leon Draisaitl sitting at seven hundred and sixty-one. Artemi Panarin is third at six hundred and ninety points, two hundred and twenty-seven goals, four hundred and sixty-three assists, and six hundred and nine games played. And below him is Nathan McKinnon at six eighty-four. Kucherov at 681, Patrick Kane at 680, Sidney Crosby at 673, Brad Marchand at 653, Johnny Goodrow at 627, and David Pasternak at 61. So out of just these, you know, 600 plus, you know, obviously Crosby, it's a little skewed because he's mm. played over a thousand games. Well, but, yeah. <laughs> um, this is out of 583 games played for Crosby, which, by the way, 583 games and having 673 points is insane. Just insane. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. People complain about Panarin's contract. There's your answer. That's why he gets paid that. Obviously, mm. you want to see it translate in the playoffs, right? Nobody, Nobody's, I think, arguing that. But you can't sit there and be like, oh, give him less money, give him less money, like trade him. True. It doesn't make sense. True. Dude, that is crazy. I mean, like, I knew he's had really good numbers. And honestly, I've always been a big fan of his game. Like, it was crazy to me when I saw him playing for the Blackhawks that he, I think he was undrafted, actually. He was. Which is just yep. insane. Like, whenever we played... Or, you know, I actually, that year, I actually ended up going to a Blackhawks game, too, inadvertently, because we were in um, Chicago for, like, a trip or something. But I've always been such a fan of watching him play. Loved him when he was on the Blue Jackets, too. And so, like, that summer when we got him, I was, like, giddy, just thinking, like, ooh, like, this is just kind of just such a huge step for us. And he has just been awesome. And I know we were, like, joking about it. The bald, you know, when he did, like, the, he shaved his hair this summer, we were like, what is he doing? But honestly, like, it worked, man. He is just on fire. Uh, really fun stuff to watch. So yeah, that I'm like not surprised by that stat because like when you say that, I'm like okay, like makes sense. But I didn't expect it to be that. Like literally, McDavid Drysaddle him. Like just wow, that's some yeah. elite company. From I, I don't think he gets the recognition. Honestly, like I know it sounds weird to say that no. he's underrated. I don't think he's necessarily underrated because I think that you know we all know what you get from Panarin. Like nobody's saying that he's you know needs to be off the team or anything like that. Whatever. But I don't think that he's in that conversation enough in terms of like those elite you know guys that are, that are consistently putting up points and like you said you know you laid it out there he's he's right there so i don't i don't understand why he's not in that conversation a little more maybe because he passes so much this is the one thing i think of like he gets so many assists but i mean who else is making those like you know what i mean he's making these like incredible passes and incredible plays so okay yeah he's not scoring a million goals but watch him pass the puck <laughs> and, and you, you know you should recognize that that's a, yeah, that's a player people... right there like yeah, he makes people better around him. Oh yeah, which you've seen 100%. with Lafreniere as well. Dude, he is he has elevated his game right here this year, and oh, it's just it's so fun to watch, so fun to watch. But I guess I will uh, pivot onto some other things since we do have to kind of cover the league. I know, <laughs> sad now, but uh, I know, I know. have you been keeping up with the uh, the Bedard train going on here? Uh, yeah, you know, I remember he. You know, he had his first ever point in his first ever game and his first ever goal in his second game. And there was a stretch where he was, you know, struggling a little bit, but now he has really, really found his game. He's 
he's pretty on fire and it helps that you know he's on a, a very bad Chicago Blackhawks team which allows him to um get unlimited minutes power mm. play time you know all this stuff stuff that we've argued with like Alexi Lafreniere like he still doesn't get power play time yeah um yeah but uh yeah so Bedard he's been skating well shooting well playing well um he's been taking hits and uh you know taking him in stride and uh yeah I think he's got 16 uh 16.17 games or 15.17 games one, one, of, one of the two like it that. was 16 and, um, and 17 but now he actually I guess they played a game since I saw that stat it's so it's 17 points and 18 now so he must have uh yeah, actually, did they have a game uh, today? I'm trying to send with their last. Yeah, they had a game today, so that must be what that was from. But yeah, sorry, I cut you off there. But yeah. yeah, no, no, of course, yeah, no, he, yeah, he's been everything the hype has been all about. Um, you know, I wanted to buy the upper deck uh, cards to try and get his rookie card, but that price for one box is now going up to three hundred dollars. So I will not be doing that. It's literally because of him. No, I saw that too, and I was like, my God, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's not worth my money. <laughs> I'm sorry. But um if you do get one, I will take it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, not I I know I jumped that ship too just cuz like I was thinking about it and I remember you mentioned you'd kind of like mentioned it a couple times and I it was yeah, always just yeah. kind of floating around in my head. I was like, you know what? Like that'd be awesome just like to could you imagine like pulling that, right? That's something you hold on to and you know, it's just like a just such a relic, like just so awesome, but yeah, the chase uh, for that price is just not worth it because <laughs> I don't even Not worth yeah, it. Yeah, what do you mean you're not even going to pull it, you know what I mean? It's so such a low odds or whatever that's like yeah. Just not too too much too much. <laughs> yeah, uh. eh, that's all, that's what I think. You know, and, and Logan Cooley's been great. Fentelli's been great. You know, the, this rookie race, uh, it's been exciting. It's not yeah. like uh, you know one clear cut winner, but right now I would have to give the edge to Connor Bedard. I have to agree. No, and I mean like you said, it it is a tight battle here, and we have a bunch of guys here who ten plus points. Um, like you said, Cooley's up there. Surprising. Um, Evangelista, the guy from the Predators, I like really didn't know much about i mean he wasn't drafted this year so i guess that's maybe like why we you know we wouldn't really have seen it or really wouldn't have talked to him too much or talked about him too much excuse me but uh yeah no some really impressive rookies and uh which which is weird when i think about the rookie of the year last year benir is like have, hasn't been having a great game just thought no, of that he's been, he's been struggling I know, actually now i want to see his stats actually and like see really what's going on because i just thought of that i'm thinking to myself like he won the calder last year and i feel like he's had been having like a bad year here so let's he see. Is. I think part of that's the team struggles as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Kraken have not been playing. Well, 10 points in 22 games. So, you know, not amazing. But compared to last year, that is, you know, not uh, not up to par here. But yeah, like you said, the Kraken are like not really looking too great this year after oh. after what they did to the Avalanche in the playoffs. I thought we'd see some more stuff. But um, it is also weird to see uh, top le- leaders in the league in points and not having Dreisaitl or McDavid in the top five at all good point uh, yeah it's actually very kind of sad to say <laughs> it's very disheartening for just like a general is, is like a general hockey fan because like that's just crazy the fact that the two of the you know the best offensive talents in the league and they're not even close to the top i mean i know mcdavid was hurt for a little bit there and then after that it makes it easier to kind of shut off dry saddle but still man that is just that is a dumpster fire over there for chris knoblock right now not that he necessarily had much to do with that because you know you get in there and what's he going to do he can't really change the whole entire system in you know just a short time but yeah there <laughs> them and the sharks are uh bottom of the pacific and i'm just looking at this right now dude they have 13 points that's only three that's, more than the sharks insane. that's literally that's three insane. more than the bottom of the league sharks that's just yeah. i mean we'll see at the end of the year what mcdavid and dry will do hopefully I don't know. Hopefully, they do some soul searching and maybe take their their talents somewhere else. Yeah, right. I, I mean, 
the pole LeBron take their talents to South Beach, but no. To South Beach. Yeah. yeah I, just, I, just, I was going to say that, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I love, I love that little quote. I don't like LeBron, but I, I, I just, I don't know. I always get like a little chuckle out of that. That quote is so funny. Uh, but, uh, you know, while we're still kind of on the Blackhawks a little bit here, what do you make of the Corey Perry situation? Just, and I'll just kind of intro it real quick for those of you that aren't familiar and there's really not too much out there. So me, you know, neither of us are intimately familiar with it either, really. But um, basically, we just had a message come out from the GM over there who basically said that uh, he was going to be out indefinitely here and, uh, you know, had some personal reasons and basically just to respect the, the privacy of him and his family. Um, a lot of stuff online kind of floating around, but we really don't know what the situation is. So I'm just kind of curious, uh, you know, what's your take on that whole situation and, uh, you know, how that looks for Bedard as well, um, not having that kind of veteran presence there. Yeah, it's quite interesting because, you know, Corey Perry and Taylor Hall were the two veterans brought in on one-year deals to kind of mentor him, and now they're both gone, one from injury, one for mysterious circumstances, to say the least. Um, mm. You know, it said uh, his, his agent, Pat Morris, said uh, Corey has stepped away from Chicago Blackhawks to attend to personal matters. Corey and his family appreciate privacy at this time, so literally no idea what, what that could mean at all, but um, apparently uh, he did not play the last uh, two games prior to this, and he did not practice with the team during the week. Um, reporters asked uh, Kyle Davidson, the GM, if it was maybe due to potential trade, which wouldn't make sense because the team's not going to go anywhere this year anyway, and also mm. he was brought in just for the year. But he responded with, you know, uh, and I quote, you know, I think to start ruling anything out, I think is irresponsible. So I'm just going to not comment on any possible outcome, even though he started that sentence with an answer to yeah, that. Yeah, it was. Just kind of kind of weird. But um, yeah, so it's it's very strange. Um, perhaps, you know, the, I haven't seen anything else come of it, but there was another uh, nameless person who uh, brought forward evidence and or issues or claims uh, to the Kyle Beach um, sexual assault um, incident from the 2010 Stanley Cup winning team with the trainer who uh, had his name uh, marked off on the Stanley Cup and is in prison right now. So some people, like you were telling me, some people might speculate maybe that came to win and maybe his family was like, well, how can you play for this organization? You know, Mm -hmm. also you're 38, like how much more do you have to play? Or maybe it was, uh, could really just be personal family time. Maybe, you know, I don't know what he's doing at, at his age, if he's got, you know, kids or um, maybe his wife needs help around the house with the family. Now that, you know, he's made his money, he's had his career, maybe it was a decision. Um, but I, I don't know, the, just the, the mystery around it and the veil that we can't seem to lift kind of makes me think, not that there's really any nefarious stuff going on, but mm-hmm. maybe something to do with bad relations between himself and the Blackhawks organization. Yeah, I I do have to agree, kind of especially with that last part. It seems like there's like more to this story, but it makes it weird that we never get any details with the hockey stuff. I don't understand why the media and the NHL like we just don't get details. Like if this were the NFL or the NBA, I feel like we'd know the whole story immediately. But instead, you know, and I mean also with like with I do understand with the personal matter stuff, like where it's not like the media is always going to get the information right away, especially if you do, you know, you want to respect the privacy if they have you know, personal matters to attend to. Of course, they are allowed that, you know, they should have be able to have a life outside of the media and, and sports and everything like that. But I feel like we just never get enough details. And specifically in this one, it's so weird because 
unless this is like a really like you said like it doesn't necessarily have to be nefarious but unless this is like a really bad situation then it's like okay why aren't we hearing about it because then when we do hear about it it just kind of makes it worse that they like kind of made us wait so long if that makes sense like i don't know just really weird kind of murkiness over the blackhawks right now um move on to a, a team that does not have as much scandal going on um <laughs> and one that's re- very relevant to uh I was particularly after after yesterday's game, but uh, I know I brought this up to you earlier and you were really surprised, but the Bruins have given up at least five goals in seven of their last 10 games. And that's a team with some really good defensive metrics. Well, you know, one of the best teams in the league uh, have been atop the league here for, for most of the year here. Obviously not right now because we are up there. But uh, but what do you make of that? I mean, do you I know you're not the biggest Allmark supporter, so I'm just curious if that's if you know you think it's it's the goaltending going on, or if maybe this is not necessarily a slump, but just you know poor timing or injuries or or you know what have you. But uh, yeah, just kind of curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I think it's quite interesting because you know last season and before the Vesna um, winner was uh, announced, you know we we kind of thought that yes, there were some intrinsic aspects to Linus Allmark's game that allowed him to have those numbers but he also was allowed to have extra rest time because uh his his tandem partner Swayman Jeremy Swayman was playing well hmm. um the defensive metrics in front of him uh you know uh their coach uh, uh Jack Montgomery right that's their that's their coach uh, I think it's Jim Montgomery I think Jim Montgomery yeah uh, I always yeah. get I, um, I mess up his name too honestly yeah I, I, Jim John Jack <laughs> Jude Jim John something Johnson. with a J <laughs> yeah one of the two um you know he he's been an amazing coach ever since he he stepped in in for that team and um you know of course the stats don't lie he won the vesna for a reason i get that um but as you can see now in in this season he is still playing well to start the season but we have seen especially against the rangers on uh saturday mm. you see some breakdowns of that intrinsic aspect to his game not being at the level it should be now of course unless your name is uh, Martin Brodeur, uh, winning multiple Veznas is almost impossible, mm. and maintaining godlike save percentage and goals against average and saves above you know, expected and wins is almost impossible to do consistently in this league. Um, but just the fact that you know his years prior in Buffalo and before, he wasn't anything... You know, he wasn't a terrible goaltender, but he wasn't anything, like, insane. And then, you know, he comes to the Bruins, the new system, and then all of a sudden has a Vesna season. Mm. I still personally believe it's the structure in front of him. Um, not Again, not just trying to take anything away from him, but, um, I you know, I don't... Like, if the Bruins had, like, a Shesterkin, Vasilevsky, uh, or, like, a Sorokin or something like that, oof, they would be even more deadly. Even more deadly. Because when, cause then at that point, when those defensive structures do get worn down, there's still a brick wall in between the pipes. So, um, yeah, I think that that's just what I th- my thoughts on it. I think there'll still be a very dominant team, unfortunately. Mm. I had to eat my head on that. But um, it is good to see, you know, the slowdown that happens to all teams uh, that w- when they get to a certain level in the season. Yeah, it is nice to see that, from <laughs> especially for the Bruins, just because they are so good and they just look like such a force. But, um, yeah, it, it's just such a weird situation to see that they have a couple losses here now. and just giving up so many goals which is just weird but uh yeah i guess did, we, did you have anything else you want to cover here in the new section before we do like light the lamp and maybe move into some of the latest segments uh no i think i'm all set move into those two 
Yeah. Yeah, just because we, I mean, we missed so many games just like over the holidays and everything. So definitely next episode, we'll, uh, you know, we'll get back into to some results and we'll, we'll also try and, you know, predictions, everything like that. We'll, we'll have all that stuff as well, of course. But uh, yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll hop right into Light the Lamp. So I know you did mention, you gave me a little hint on one of yours. So you want to start and uh, rock with yes. that one. And then uh, I'm curious, did you, because yeah, I think you had what, at least one other one, right? Uh, I just had the one. You just had the one? I okay. Just had yeah. the one. Um, this one is the Mika Zibanejad goal um, against the Flyers. He career-wise has always been good against the Flyers, but um, it was the goal to make it three nothing. It was a little uh, break breakout. You know, he carried the puck up the zone, gave a beautiful chip pass to Blake Wheeler on his right, and then Blake Wheeler gave him a perfect dime pass to the center and um, full speed with the puck flying. Uh, Mika Zibanejad just like tipped it perfectly at the perfect angle for that puck to fly uh top left corner top left shelf of the net and score uh just the amount of skill and precision that you need to def- you know have a def- with one hand by the way he used one hand on a stick mm. um you know just to get that type of deflection off and score a goal is, is incredible so yeah that's mine the top player on this flyers team former first rounder in montreal blake wheeler for the second time in the game yeah it, it was a very pretty goal i love those two like when you see um it's like that type of goal you know like when they're driving and they get that that pass like right over to them in the center and all in one motion just that deflection that goes right top corner and before you know it the lamp's on and you're just like oh my god like that just happened like that like you know the, the drop of a pin but yeah it was an awesome goal uh mine is a little weird because it's actually two goals and they came in the shootout so they're not uh I guess not really, you know, they don't go on the stat sheet, so not really goals. But, of course, they went in the net, so it's a goal. But, uh, yeah, these came in the Canadians game. So, um, I kind of, I took the two Canadians uh, goals there and kind of uh, did a little bit of a package package deal. But, uh, yeah, they came back against the Sharks, and they end up going to overtime and go to the shootout. Uh, Suzuki was the first one up, and it was the classic, like, he just had more patience. He swung in, he went, like, super far left. Um, Well, if the goalie's looking up, it was on his right, but, you know, the way we were watching it on his left came like super far in from the left swooped around to the front and then basically just like waited so long and then right in the last minute fake like he was going to go for the wrister and then goes right over to the backhand just tucks it in low you know blackwood had no chance he had already kind of bit and then uh yolanin had just one of like those cl- just the classic like little backhand forehand backhand gorgeous he caught blackwood out and uh that was it that was the game to, to seal the victory for the canadians so a little bit of a weirder one but uh they were just they were very nice to watch. They were very, like, sleek. You know, neither one of them were, like, the best goal you'll see in months or anything like that. Nothing like that. But just, like, so, like, smooth. And just the deking and then to get the finish, too. Because it's always the worst when you see, like, the wonderful move in the shootout and then they, like, miss the net. You're just like, oh, come on. But, you know, to see those uh, really sleek moves and, and the finish was really nice. So, so that's what I got for oh, yeah. like the lamp, yeah. Yeah, did you, I, you, if you oh, didn't I like catch them out, I've, um, I saw them online, so I feel like you might have seen them as well. But if you didn't, you should probably check them out. They were, they were nice. Very, very I satisfying will. is how I would put it as well. But uh, th- yeah, no, I like yours too, by the way. The Miko, that was a gorgeous goal. But with that, then I think we will get into uh, Mystery Monday. And uh, put, a, put a cap on this episode here. But uh, yeah, you want to go first on Mystery Monday or you want me to rock it? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Um, so... My Mystery Monday 
is going to be with the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, you know, they've been on fire, especially JT Miller, surprisingly. Um, and I only say surprisingly because, you know, not that JT Miller is a bad player, but in terms of the insane point production that he has been providing for the Canucks is mm. almost uh, not uncharacteristic of him, but just not as high as he usually is. I mean, right now he's got 33 points. Uh, he's second in the league behind uh, Nikita Kucherov. And, uh, you know, Thatcher Demko's been playing well. The coaching has been really solid. Um, you know, and it's because of uh, Patterson, Hughes, and Miller. Uh, you know, Hughes mm. is third at 30, uh, is tied with JT Miller, both at 33 points. So, um, but the thing is, you know, if, if they slow down in any regard whatsoever, will the secondary scoring be enough mm. to, you know, keep them on the roll? I mean, right now in the league, they do stand at fifth. 14, 7, and 1, 29 points. Um, but for all those uh, British Columbia residents, Vancouver fans, I think it's about time you want to see them continue dominance. And, uh, yeah, that's my mystery Monday to see if they will be able to keep up their steam. I like it. And I am very curious to see as well because, I mean, they are just, like you said, they're on fire. And what's crazy about that, too, is that the Kings aren't far behind them in the Pacific. They're actually, they have the same amount of points right there, which is weird because, like, I feel like, I didn't realize the Kings were doing that well, but uh, yeah, you know, if the Canucks do slow down, it's not, you know, there's people right on their butt, you know, waiting, chomping at them. So yeah, good one. Very good one. Because like, also I just, can they keep the production up? Like you're just putting up crazy numbers. I don't know. You'd, you'd think at some point it'd have to taper off, but uh, very good mystery. And uh, so I have one that's um, very familiar to us. We've been talking about Patty Kane forever. Uh, Kane to Florida has been floating around a lot. So Ooh. very curious if that, uh, you know, kind of where that's, that's rooted in. I mean, I think it makes sense. They're going to be a contending team. Uh, you know, they could use the depth. I'm sure they have. I'm not really familiar with their cap space, but I would imagine if that is the idea that's floating around there, that they have some kind of cap to work with, you know, I would assume at least. But uh, yeah, that's my first one. And not overly exciting because, like I said, we've been talking about Kane forever. And But we are here at the end of November. And the talk was kind of November, December, January was when we were going to be you know, hearing more and, and seeing him back out on the ice and kind of, you know, getting an answer. So will we see it happen this week? Probably not, but I would uh, kind of hope that we see it soon at some point. You know, if he's going to play this season, like get him on the ice. Let's see, you know, let's see how he does. But yeah, my first one. And then uh, my second one is really surprising to me, but uh, it's, it's two teams and it's a, it's a question here. Where are the Canes and where are the Devils? Because they're not top the Metro, I can tell you that. <laughs> they're actually <laughs> under the Flyers and the Caps, and of course us topping it. But yeah, just super weird to see the way the Metro looks right now. Um, I was looking at it before the episode and just scratching my head like, wow, I didn't expect to see this. So yeah, but I guess in, in that kind of scheme, uh, you know, what are we going to see from them? Are the Devils going to kind of pick it up here? What's that going? I mean, I know like Hughes is out for a little bit, so of course that kind of had to kind of bought into that as well. But um, he's back now and it's like, okay. Are you, you know, what's going on here? <laughs> what, you, what's going on? You, what you said, they're like 23rd in the league, right? Yeah. Just, just crazy. Yep, below the Coyotes. Crazy after just kind of the, the moves they made and, and how good they look and the talent and everything like that. But yeah. And then the Canes too. The Canes have been really surprising, just inconsistencies and just shocked that they haven't been kind of able to pull it together here. So yeah, that's what I got for my, my little mysteries. I like those. Yeah, I would just wonder. I mean, I don't want to see either of them pick it up, but I feel like at some point, they'd get it together you know it's just there's no way oh, the season yeah. ends with the the way the metro is right now just i refuse to believe that the caps and the flyers would end the season at two and three in the metro you know what i mean so oh no yeah, yeah. easily it, yeah so easily pick up so we'll see um but yeah that's uh that's my mysteries 
I like those, especially yeah. the Kane one too. I don't know. Still waiting to see what he'll do. So, dude, I know it's like, is he gonna play? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> Might just wait till next year. Who knows? No, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully soon. I mean, hopefully we'll just get an answer soon. You know, what I mean, at least if we could just get like an answer one way or the other, that'd be nice. Yeah, we can move on. Cool. But uh, yeah, but uh, great episode. I don't know if you had anything, uh, any kind of closing thoughts, anything you want to wrap up. Uh, no, I just say, um, you know, it's good to have you back. Good to be getting back in the swing of things here. Uh, thanks to everybody, of course, always checking in, tuning in. Don't forget every Monday, Friday, tell your friends, family, loved ones, strangers, whoever it may be about the show. We appreciate all the support and, uh, you know, hit us up on Twitter and of course, emails. If you want to get in touch with us, do a mailbag episode, perhaps in the future sometime. Um, but yeah, great one here. I'll, uh, shoot it over to Matt to carry us out into the sunset. Yep, uh, very excited to be back. Got a good one in the books here. It's nice to get back in the kind of the flow of things. I feel like I had so much catching up to do with like just talking in general and the Rangers and everything. With the holidays, it's hard to really keep track of everything going on. And, uh, you know, was especially busy this weekend as well. But uh, glad to get here, get back in the flow of things, get a good episode out for you guys. And, you know, like John said, make sure to, you know, tell everyone, tell your loved ones, tell your friends, tell your dog, tell your cat, whatever. Spread the word. I don't care who it is. Tell them about us. Get, get them listening. This will be out there for you Monday morning. You know, enjoy your commute. And, uh, you know, we'll have one for you at the end of the week there as well. But, uh, yeah, excited to get another one in the books and, uh, we will catch you on the next one.